Hello, everybody. Um, this is Dean Edwards coming to you uh, live, not live, from the living room. And uh, could you imagine if I delivered the entire podcast like this? That would not be fun. In that case, watch what happens. Bessie, bring in the beat right now, son! Yo, it's poppin', it's your man, Dean Edwards in the building Welcome to the motherfucking protocol I'm flying solo today, that doesn't mean for you to tune out, man Cause I got a lot to say I say that, and really, I, really I don't uh, Bessie's not here, uh, but Big Mike is in the building on the soundboards What up, he says, and uh, yo, we, we, we're back and doing the doing the father bucket thing. I used to say Mickey Ficky. You know what? I, I don't know if I ever uh, told y'all that, but I actually uh, <laughs> when I first started cursing, uh, uh, I think it was Do the Right Thing movie, Do the Right Thing, and I saw Spike Lee had them using the word Mickey Ficky instead of MF, and, and so that was my <laughs> that was my go to sort of catchphrase back back in the early 90s especially on the black circuit you had to have a catch <laughs> you had to have a catchphrase you didn't have to have it but everybody seemed to have a catchphrase uh, so you had like a shucky ducky quack quack um i just i just remembered this one cat and i i, I found a clip of him and sent this clip to everybody of, well, not everybody, but all of my boys uh, to like Keith Robinson and, 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 and Hugh Moore and, uh, and Theobald and Rich. <laughs> and, and it was, and I, did I send it to, I don't think I sent it to Vessi because I didn't think he would remember it. But um, it was a dude, his name was, was Jim. I always thought his name was Jamario. I kid you not, his name was Jamario. But his headshot, which meant that must have been his his stage, his full stage name was Jamario is Jamario. <laughs> and the catchphrase Jamario is Jamario's was his name. And his catchphrase was, because y'all don't know nothing about no Jamario, Jamario. <laughs> and but he would kill yo, he would kill with it. And I'm not clouding it one way or the other. It worked for him. I know a lot of y'all are like, what? People let him get away with that. Yes, they did. And this dude, you can go on uh on if you if you type in if you go to YouTube and type in, I think it was Jamario, I think it was J-E-M-M-E-R-I-O or J-E-M-E-R-R-I-O. Um, if you just click Jamario and look it up, you'll see what I'm talking about. It was high energy, full of energy. Um there was another dude. Damn, what was his name? I think his name was T.P. Hearns. He was real high energy. And everything he said ended with him stopping on the ground. You had to stop on the ground real high. He actually, like his voice, he was the original Cat Williams as far as voices go. But instead of him uh, having a sharpness to his tone, he was real. Every, everything was crazy. And, and a lot of comics back, back then, they also... You had to sound like you were down home, like you were from a country, like country, country sort of slang and, and twang 
got big off of BT's Comic View. So so that's where everybody started start talking like that. And and uh, and I think that also has to do with uh, the hip hop scene as well. It got became popular for for cats, uh, you know, down south like the entire Dungeon Family, Outkast, and Goody Mob, and um, and obviously So So Deaf with Jermaine Dupree and them. But you started seeing Southern Pride, and with that Southern Pride, cats. You know, allow themselves. They didn't. They did not have to enunciate every single word, um, for fear of not being accepted or respected. Um, and so yeah, so you saw you saw a lot of a lot of comics were were real cool and comfy in their in their in their country grammar. Shout out to Nelly and the Saint Lunatics. Uh, <laughs> which they're really more that was, that was Midwest, but it's still country. I guess people figure it's country. That's you know what people in New York are funny because we feel like anyone outside of the tri-state area uh, is country. That's that's really well. That's how arrogant. <laughs> that's how arrogant New Yorkers are. New Yorkers are like Americans are with the rest of the world. Like with Americans, we think we're the center of the universe. And honestly, we are. <laughs> but, but the same way Americans feel like you know, like you, like we we proudly will say this, this is the greatest greatest country in the world. America is the greatest country. But every everyone's supposed to feel that way about their country. You know what I mean? Wherever you go, is it? Like I always say like with. Well, a lot of people, a lot of people don't. A lot of people don't feel America's the greatest country in the world. I, I guarantee you, there's somebody in in uh the, the in Dubai right now that's like, I think uh I think Dubai is 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 pretty pretty cool right now, you know, and and, and the money's flowing over there, you know. So it's 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 debatable, but wherever you're from, you're supposed to be proud of it and, and proud that that's where you are. You know, the same way with a ball team, you you might play for the Knicks. And the Knicks might stink, but you still you still have to say you think Carmelo knew Carmelo Anthony knew that they weren't winning the the championship. But if someone asks him, who you think the Knicks' chances are of uh, going to the finals? Of course, he has to say, "Yo, no, no, I think I think we got the right team this year. We have we have all the pieces together. <laughs> we have all the pieces uh, together, and I think this this is the year we really gonna uh, bring it in the playoffs." You're not gonna. You, you don't expect it, Carmelo. Um, how, how do you think you guys are gonna do this year? Oh man, we suck. <laughs> you know, you got you got to be proud of whatever flag you're repping, whatever whatever colors you're repping. Uh, you know. Anyway, so uh, damn, I'm trying to think of what other God, Bernie Mac got popular off. Of. I ain't scared of you, father muckers. Um, well, he said he said I ain't scared of you, MFs. You know, um, but that was. That was uh really because uh the 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 comic before him, like on Def Comedy Jam, the second time he did it, comic before him caught an L got booed. It's it's one of those legendary stories, which I probably mentioned on a previous episode here, or maybe on someone else's uh podcast. But um yeah, he uh he, the dude before him caught an L and because he caught an L. Uh, Bernie went, came out, you know, like full on Kevlar, ready to to go go to battle, and 
the first thing he said when he walked out was, I ain't scared of you, motherfucker. You know? And then, because he said that, the crowd laughed. Cause, and that's what's funny, because watching it at home back then, I didn't know what had happened or what had occurred. I just made assumptions. I was like, oh, he has a catchphrase. It's funny. Because people laughed and responded to it. And then, uh, and then because he, they responded to it, after every joke he said, he, he would wind up saying, I ain't scared of you, mother. You know, and so it just became a sort of a running thing, running uh, bit. And I'm sure somewhere in Bernie's mind, he was like, oh, I, I didn't even realize I stumbled onto that. I'm going to keep this, you know. Uh, and yeah, honestly, most most things, not most things, but the, oftentimes things that aren't planned really, really somehow find a way to work, man. And also, he's just a, a brilliant comic, a brilliant comedic mind, comedic genius of sorts. Who else had a... I, and I always wondered if... if uh, if if white comics had uh had those those not so much necessarily catchphrases but but you know names because every honestly everyone had it seems like everyone had some sort of name uh instead of just their their real name they had these stage names so I mean you, you think Shucky Ducky's real name you think his parents were were happy when he said yeah I'm on I want people to call me Shucky Ducky boy. Your name ain't Shucky. What's a Shucky Ducky? You know, or, or I don't know. Jamario very well might be dude's real name. You know, you don't you don't think you don't think that's his real name? Oh, it's not his real name. That's his first name. Okay, okay. So he so you can Google Jamario, and he's still doing his thing. Okay, well that's good. I'm always happy to see anybody from back in the days is still still grinding out and. Uh, Doing his thing. I remember uh, one of his, um, one of Vessi's favorites, who I guess he's cool with. Um, my, ah, fudge. 100% original man, 100%. He had a, ah, his name is, it starts with an M, not Maceo, not Michael, not Michael Collier. Michael Collier's down here. Uh, and Michael Collier's real old school because, uh, like, yeah, like not Mateo, not Maceo, Maestro Clark. Maestro, Maestro, uh, who a lot of people might remember as uh, he hosted, he hosted Soul Train for a couple of years. Um, and then there's someone listening right now. What is this Soul Train of which you speak? And why do I sound like I'm in an episode of Game of Thrones? Um, Maestro had this whole 100%, 100% man, it's coming, it's ain't. Uh, who who else? Who else? Cause, uh, and then some dudes just had funky names like my man. Shout out my boy, uh, Cool Bubba Ice, Cool Bubba Ice, Cool Bubba Ice. My boy, uh, Fig was like, um, well, I, you know, I, I I would say his real name, but he might take offense to that. So, but his name was Fig. Uh, there was another cat, the Toothless Lover, Tooth Toothless. It's the tooth, the whole tooth, and nothing but the tooth. Um. Yeah, there were just a lot of names, man. I lucked out because uh, I just, I was like, you know what? I like my name. I like Dean, Dean, Dean Edwards. That's how full of myself I was even back then. I, but I did, everything was like, if, if anybody can find a clip of me on Def Comedy All-Star Jams, we taped back in the 95, it was me, Chappelle, Maya DiGiorgio, and Drew Frazier. 
And uh, and this other cat that got he got he he got booed. Uh, I remember too. He's from Canada. I think he was from Toronto. I bet Russell Peters probably remembers him. He was uh from the T dot, and he came out in the yellow. See, here's the thing: when you did Def Comedy Jam too, man, you had to. You couldn't just think about being funny. You had to make sure the protocol, the father bucket protocol to doing Def Comedy Jam was you had to you had to be funny. If you were smart, you had to have being funny was number one. Uh, but if you're smart. If you had like a big, big closing bit, because you always wanted to, uh, on Def Jam, you always wanted to make sure you left sort of a stamp on the audience as you finished. So people like, oh, remember that dude? He did the, like, I think I had, like, I opened with that Coca-Cola, the Coca-Cola uh, commercial that Tyrese um, started back in the, Back in the days, uh, the first time anybody ever saw Tyrese, the the um, actor from the Transformers uh, and and the um, and the Fast and Furious films, uh, he came out. He was obviously he was younger. It's his young brother getting on a bus with with some uh, old school headphones. This is before Beats, just the old school metal headphones that if you were bald, you mess around and and cut into your your skull. And he walks on. Do 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 da 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 always Coca Cola yeah and and so I so my my whole my whole my opening joint because on Def Gaudi Jam you would come out to music as you would in most most black comedy rooms you would um you could you could request Mike just asked if you picked the music you could request the music and if Kid Capri had it then he would play it but also the trick was it had to be a song by a Def Jam artist Def Jam records artist and so I think I asked cuz I was always a big Public Enemy fan and um one of my favorite PE songs probably my favorite PE song still one of my favorite songs is uh is Rebel Without a Pause um, by Public Enemy came out on uh, the It Takes a Nation of Millions to Hold Us Back. Uh, where it's like, brothers and sisters! Go, Jim, brothers and sisters! I don't know what this world is coming to! Bam, bam! Yo, 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 yes! The rhythm, the rebel, without a pause, I'm lowering my level! And, uh, and, and what I, I went and it had this tea kettle beat uh, playing in the, where it was like, Y'all are impressed with my with my vocal skills right there, son. I'm nice, son. So uh <laughs> so I actually, because it was Def Connie Jam, my dream was always to do Def Jam and have Kid Capri come in from uh from the second, from actually the beginning of the the third verse, where he's like, Rumble Rebel, it's final. On bottle, soul, rock and roll, coming like a rhino. Tables turn, suckers burn and learn. It can't disable the power of my label. Def Jam tells you I am. My enemies public. They never, they really give a damn. So I wanted him to just keep cutting. Def Jam tells you I am. Def Jam tells you I am. Def Jam. But he was like, nah, man, I ain't got that. <laughs> He's like, nah, son, you you gonna get EPMD and <laughs> keep the crossover or something. Uh, but whatever. So I I uh I came out to that music and I was like, yo, kid, that's real cool. But um I wanna come out to my own song. So I said, part beat. I went backstage and then I came out with some headphones and I was like, 
and and did the Tyrese thing. And looking back, it wasn't funny. It was just a clever. It was okay. There was nothing funny about it. But then I had some jokes about that brother's, and I think I was like. That brother's a little too Mickey Ficky excited over Mickey Ficky Coca-Cola. And I was really on some, you know, this Mickey Ficky thing is going to stick. And it did, like, I remember people saying, oh, you Mickey Ficky Dean Edwards, man. Um, kind of silly. That, yeah, could, that could have been my Mickey Ficky Dean Edwards, son. This <laughs> is a Father Monkey Mickey Ficky episode. <laughs> But it, 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 it could have been, man. But I'm glad uh, I'm glad that that I was that I didn't go that route. Because here's the thing: when you when you first starting out, if you can avoid all of the all of the pitfalls that most people uh, fall into by attempting to go the easy route, because that's really all it was. Like to me, anyway. A lot of that is is uh, is is to mask what you are and, and as a stand up specifically as a stand up comedian like you you're doing your best to go on stage and and represent um truth and represent your truest self um and not put on a mask i was just joking with um with a buddy of mine uh Owen Smith and we were talking about i was i was talking to him about manufactured angst you know, because um, I'd say probably, and I might have spoken about this before, but a lot of comics that I see coming up, they have this sort of manufactured angst, man, where where they feel like, you know, what, here's what happens. They they decide they want to be a comic, and, and everybody has their own, I guess, path on what what motivated you or inspired you to, to decide to pick up a microphone and... and talk to people, which is nuts in itself that you say to yourself, you know what? I know the that people's number one fear is public speaking, but here, I want to... Here, how's this sound? I want to talk in front of people and and get them, to, these complete strangers, to laugh at what I have to say because I'm that sure that I'm that funny, you know? I remember, um, and I, I, I know I mentioned this, where Rock, Chris... Chris Rock. Uh, <laughs> shout out to Tony, but Tony even knows when you say Rock, you're referring to Chris. You know, Tony's Tony Tony's a, a talented comic in his own own right and a, and a good friend. But most people know when when you're talking about when you say someone's name of last name, you say Rock. Oh, it's Chris Rock. You say Chappelle. Oh, Dave. So you don't think? Oh, you mean uh, Larry Chappelle? <laughs> you know. Um, and Rock has said, you know, there's no real reason I leave my house in at home. I, I tuck my daughters in. Sitting there laying next to my beautiful wife in my, in my beautiful mansion. But for some odd reason, I want to come and talk to complete strangers on stage. And there's, some, there's something, you know, twisted about all of us in that, in that uh, aspect. But it's like once you, once you figure out how to make people laugh, it's, it's, uh, it's an elixir. And you get drunken off of that elixir, man, and and you want to, ha you know, have have that feeling again. I, I to this day, I still say I'm chasing that first high of being on stage. That first that first time on stage, man, was was so incredible. Liking it to losing your virginity, um, 
same amount of fear um, and anxiety, but instead of pleasing one person, you're trying to please a couple of hundred people, you know? So that's to, so the, um, the angst is the, the, the frustration that, man, I, this, this might suck. Or if you catch an L, like I lucked out, I, I didn't, uh, and, and that's not me. One day I'm going to post the, the first time I was on stage. I always said, I, have I posted my first? Oh, yeah. I still, I, I still might just ask, you have it? Yeah, I still have. I I was in, um, was I? I wasn't in film school yet, but I had just gotten a camcorder for Christmas. Uh, I had gotten this Sony camcorder. And I used to walk around with this camera ev- everywhere. I just would record everything. And um, and so the night of my my first show... Hadn't told any of my friends that I was doing it. Um, but I, I gave them my camcorder and I said, listen, record anything that looks like it might be interesting. Which in retrospect was dumb because what if my friends, what if my friends were like, nah, we can't tape Dean. He's going to catch an L. Because they told me after the fact, they, you know what? I, I was recording the whole show. That's what it was. I was recording the entire uh, show. It was a Apollo night. I, and I was taping the entire show. And so I just left one of my boys. And I know that in retrospect, they were annoyed. Like, man, don't nobody feel like holding this camera. Oh, where's them hoes at? You know? And so they're recording. And I went to say a prayer in the bathroom before a dude brought me up. Because I was nervous. And, and run run my, my little five minutes uh, of uh, boys to men and Michael Jackson. Like, I remember it was boys men, Michael Jackson, Bill Cosby. And then I totally, I, I totally admit that I jacked Willie Robo's RoboCop. Uh, Willie Robo had this thing he did on Showtime at the Apollo where he came out like, uh, like RoboCop. And he did this whole DJ thing and brought the turntables down. And, uh, and actually, another comic uh, actually did, did his bit on uh, Def Comedy Jam. Years later, and I, I heard uh, I heard Willie and this this comic had had beef with each other. Well, understandably, because anyone that that saw Showtime at the Apollo, Robo actually won Showtime at the Apollo a couple of times, and they finally, I think, just retired him uh, because he kept winning. Um, but uh, yeah, dude, dude won it, and, and was brilliant in doing that. So I know I I closed by doing that, and in my mind, I was like, well, it's a tribute. It's a, it's a tribute to Willie Robo. I'm not stealing it as long as I say it's a tribute. And uh, and wound up coming in second, man. Came in second place. I actually won that joint, man. I won that joint. Um, but they put their hands above myself and then the rappers. And I got the biggest applause the first time. But then they were like, uh, let's do it again. Which made sense because I think the winner got uh, studio time at a recording this recording, Deja Line Recording Studios in Rochester, New York. And it didn't make sense for me to go go uh, record. Like, because I, we, we already, I was working with my boy Deshaun, so we used to, or we had our own studio for, for, for me to lay down the lyrical smackdown, son. So, um, so yeah, always chasing that, uh, that first high. And luckily I didn't, you know, I didn't adopt the name because I was like, well, here, I just, I want to be me. On stage, I didn't. I didn't feel like uh, putting on some mask and saying, "Well, this is me on stage, but this is me in real life." I was like, "I'm just." And I, that I guess also came from the whole uh, 
well, not necessarily the rap culture, but I know coming up, appreciating a lot of rappers that I that I dug, the whole idea of keeping it real was important, especially at the time. I guess it still is, but um, the cast that I came up on, you know, from from Rakim, uh, you know, the God MC, you know, and, and Rakim, you you listen to and him preach sort of, you know, this five percenter mentality, but you you like nah, he really walks and and breathes that, you know. Big Daddy Kane was 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 the coolest cat you ever would expect to hear on the mic, and he seemed like a real cool dude. Like he seemed like I know people. I think my wife actually says she met Big Daddy Kane in Brooklyn back in like the the late eighties, and he was he was just real cool, you know. Every like real, you know, LL Cool J, uh, James Todd Smith, LL. You just you know what I'm saying you you expecting he was just like. You ever, you ever think that LL just relaxed being cool? Like, you know, he, he you know, I don't feel like being cool. I really talk like this and um, just want to relax it for a second. I don't want to lick my, I'm sick of licking my lips. But anytime you saw LL, you know, it was like real incredible. You know what I mean? <laughs> you know, I'm just, uh, you know, I'm the type of guy to leave my panties in your hamper. <laughs> LL always laughing. LL always giggled to himself, which was funny. <laughs> you know, it's like... I don't even I don't know what I want to what I want to talk about next. You know what I'm saying? It's just like I'm the most main, amazing MC you ever heard. <laughs> so um, so that was not me. That was not the type of comic that I wanted to be. And most comics that I dug at the time also just represented themselves on stage. Like when I came up looking at Eddie Murphy, I was like, "Well, that's what I'm be." And well, Eddie seems like he's cool on stage and off. So that's why I'm going to do that. Bill Cosby said it. He's himself. He, he, he's himself. That's, so that's who, that's, that's who you want to be on stage. It's not who I'm being right now on the mic. I'm Cat Williams right now. I just saw a video of Cat uh, <laughs> referencing, uh, you know, a couple weeks back by the time y'all hear this, uh, I guess... At the VMA, there was a Chris Brown had this VMA pre-party, and uh, Suge Knight got shot six times, six times, and again, again. But there was there was no Tupac to to shield him this time. Pac was not there, and Cat uh, was on TMZ, and uh, it was like, who who shot Suge Knight? Well, they say that uh, nobody. Uh, nobody knows who shot Tupac the same way uh, nobody knew who shot Tupac. So I guess nobody knows who shot Suge Knight, just like nobody knew who shot Tupac, just like no one knew who, who shot MLK, which is where he lost me. Um, but uh, saw Cat special, man. I, I, I always dug uh, Cat Williams. I actually thought I was going to tour with him uh, a couple of years ago, but it didn't, uh, didn't materialize. But um, he's all, he and I always been cool, always been respect, and just, even just in passing, man. We uh, and I like seeing you know cats, and <laughs> cats, uh, both literally and figuratively, get back on the mic because I know. Uh, as a matter of fact, last time I saw him was uh, a couple years back. Myself, the incredible, actually friends to the show that have come and sat in the living room. 
uh, humor. I almost said Suge Knight. <laughs> when Suge Knight was hanging out on my couch, um, no, Hugh Moore, the incredible Hugh Moore and Harris Stanton. I hang out with friends that names start with H. We uh, we had just shot um, uh, comedy.tv for Byron Allen. So this probably was in 2010 or 2011. It was weird, man. We left the shoot. Hugh, Hugh and Harris, these fools, they actually catch the bus to go from Hollywood to Santa Monica. For anyone that understands, it's not that LA is really that big of an area, like as far as square miles, but you need a car. Nobody takes, nobody takes the bus that distance. You know, that like say, saying you're right, saying you're taking the bus from Hollywood to the the edge of Santa Monica is is like no, they weren't going to be. They were going to tape a TV show, and see what happens is normally when I'm in LA, which we didn't mention when when Hugh was on here, but when I'm in LA, Hugh doesn't drive. Hugh Moore, <laughs> I hope you hear this, Hugh. Hugh Moore doesn't drive. Hugh just winds up places, right? Like if I get to town, and I don't, I never mind uh, driving because. I either have a rent a car or like last last year, last few years I was I was staying with uh Russell, and so Russell had a guest car that I could just use. And it's not like I was like, hey, I'm gonna put as many miles on as possible, but because Hugh didn't live far from the comedy clubs, like they say they call it TMZ because uh Hollywood is a three mile zone, you know, and so it's relatively everything's close. So if I if I was coming from the valley to Hollywood, uh, he was like, "Yo, you are yo, you gonna be in uh, you gonna be in Hollywood? You got any spots at the Improv?" I'm like, "Yeah, I'm at the Improv at uh, at eight fifty, and then I have a uh, a nine forty spot at uh, at the Factory. Yo, could could, could uh, car roll? <laughs> that's what's funny. No one ever asked, will you pick me up?' That's not that's not manly enough. Most dudes, if we want to ride, we just gonna say." Your car ride with you, and then the assumption is, I right, well, I guess I'm gonna come pick you up, but I never mind. Um, so I'm flying out to LA to tape the show, and I think I had to tape late that afternoon. So I get there, and I know I think Harris and Hugh both want an early show at like noon. My my show probably didn't start till like five, six o'clock. So I think I was probably scheduled to get in around 12, 31 o'clock. I, I get there, I land, I get there and I see both Hugh and Harris up there. I think Hugh might've already taped and Harris was on deck. Uh, and then I, then after the show, I was like, yo, I said, uh, I said, um, so what y'all, what y'all going to get into? They're like, whatever you getting into. I was like, oh, I said, well, how I said, Hugh, you didn't drive? Oh, nah, man, I didn't drive. I was like, so how, how did y'all... What? Wait, wait, hold up. I said, so who, I said, what, did uh, did, Shere, did your wife drop y'all off? <laughs> nah, son. I said, so how did y'all get here? And these... <laughs> Harris was like, yo, we took the bus. <laughs> I said, you... He, Hugh actually does have a car, but he doesn't drive. He never, he doesn't like driving. I don't know why he doesn't drive, but he doesn't like driving. So 
these fools took a bus with a transfer, if I'm not mistaken, and it probably took them, like, via bus, it took them probably at least an hour and a half to two hours to get from Hollywood to to Santa Monica, to this uh, TV studio. And and uh, <laughs> and for, for those that don't have an idea, like, picture catching... Like catching a bus from Hollywood to Santa Monica, and this is probably exaggerating, but it's the equivalent of catching a bus from, from no, from the not even from Harlem, say from from East New York, Brooklyn, which is out near JFK, out towards JFK, East New York, Brooklyn, and taking it up to to Westchester County, Mount Vernon. You know what I mean? Uh, a, a trip that driving is going to take you just with traffic a good, like from, from Brooklyn, like if I, if I leave Brooklyn, if I leave East New York and want to go to Yonkers, it's probably going to take, even if, I, if I, I'm on the highways, like I, I can take JFK Expressway to the Van Wick, cross over maybe say the, 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 the Whitestone Bridge into the Bronx, and take the Hutchinson River Parkway up to Yonkers. That's still going to take a half hour, 40 minutes. That's by car. So by bus, it's just going to be never ending because you're stopping constantly. But these fools, they uh, they didn't have a ride, so they made it happen. So I, I respect them for doing it. I ain't catching no cab. I would have I called the, the, the talent coordinator and said, yo, who else do you have taping? And called them and said, yo, I'll give you, can I get a ride? I'll, I'll, I'll kick in for gas. You know, you don't, people don't understand the power of saying, yo, I'll kick in some gas money. You know, obviously it's not like, like it was years ago where you could say, yo, I'll, I'll, put, I'll put five on it. I got five on it. And like nowadays, $5 would get you one, one, one gallon. <laughs> You can't even you can't even say I got five on it strongly. Now you gotta whisper, yo, I got I got uh, uh you gotta say it with an only uh I only got five dollars, but you can have it for gas if you want, you know. It's not gonna help a lot, but you know, I, I could pay the toll. <laughs> not even in New York City tolls are like seven, eight dollars. Um so yeah, man, they they uh they 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 made it out there and I totally lost my my original. That's why Mike is is also here, man, to keep me keep me on track. What was I saying, Mike? How did I? How, of course, I yeah, I, I had to. That would be foul. These are my friends. I'm like, nah, yeah, I got here. Yeah, I got to get your own ride, son. This this rental car is all me. No, we actually we left and we uh, I think Harris saw a Jack in the Box, so he wanted he wanted to go to Jack in the <laughs> random random uh. Notation to the story: Harris wanted Jack in the Box, so we went to Jack in the Box right out there, and it was delicious. Uh, I stopped going to Jack in the Box years ago because back when we lived in the Bronx, went to Jack in the Box, and uh, my brother had a burger with a rock in it. <laughs> it was it was a rock in the in the in the Jack in the Box. Yeah, this this is back in the seventies. So. No, it wasn't a rat. It was a rock, you know. Yeah, as long as it wasn't rad. Hey, it's a rock, you know. It's sediment. Um, so yeah, we 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 went, we uh Harris lost the shirt of mine. I was pissed. I had uh this was yeah you know what it was it was 2010 because that was the last World Cup right uh, yeah so it was 2010 
And there was this shirt. The the Mexican jer- Mexico had these these great jerseys uh, for the World Cup. I think they had the flyest World Cup jerseys that year. Um, and I had just sort of gotten into. I always rocked the uh, the zip ups, the the Adidas warm ups, but I also like the um, well specifically Adidas makes these makes great uh, World Cup soccer jer- just great soccer jerseys in general. And um, so I started, I guess, semi-collecting them. And they had, it was black with uh, red and gold, red and green, I'm sorry. Black, red, and green trim. The normal ones were black and gold with slight red trim, but they had the green. I was like, yo, these are the colors of the motherland. This is from Africa. No, I'm just playing. I really just got them because I was like, ooh, that's a fly shirt. So I, and I could not find this shirt anywhere. I went to the Adidas store down in Soho on the corner of uh, Broadway and Houston. Uh, I'm sorry, and Houston Street. I was going to, here's, here's what's funny. I was going to say Houston, but then I was like, you know, say Houston because everybody is not from New York. And they're like, how, what the hell is a Houston? But that once again goes back to me saying how arrogant we New Yorkers are because we took the name. And it says Houston, but we pronounce it Houston just to mess with y'all. That way, if you come, if you come to the city, if you come to New York City and someone tells, gives you an address and you say to a cab driver, can you bring me to Houston Street? Uh, bring me to, uh, I'm going to the corner of uh, LaGuardia and, and Houston Street. The cab driver, can, the cab driver who's, who's from another country, the cab driver who might be from Saudi Arabia who just got here and is just learning the area, he's going to look at you like you're in the wrong place. Like, uh, what do all you, evidently, you're not from here, right? You're, you must be from another place because it's called Houston Street. No, no, it says Houston on, on this, um, in my email, it says Houston Street. Trust me, it is Houston Street. If you don't want to get mugged or robbed, just say Houston. Um, <laughs> so, everyone, we, we, we do that. We do that in New York. So, uh, so, I go to the Adidas store, and every time I go, they're like, oh, we, we got four in, and they sold out. So, I had to, I had to find, um, did I find a website? I had to order the shirt, man. So I ordered the shirt and I was flossing in it. I flew out to LA in this shirt. And then I brought my, uh, obviously I had my luggage and I had uh, wardrobe people steam my, um, steam my outfit, I changed. And I left my clothes in my little area because it was a shared, we all just shared the same sort of dressing room. All the guys had one and all the women had another. Um, and so after the show, uh, Harris and Hugh after I tape you know after you tape in your victory lap everybody's and I, I think I closed that show had a real good set killed it and after the show everyone uh, was like yo you did that you did your thing my, my, my former agent was there uh, big up Jim Hess good friend um, who we, we still remain uh, friends uh, every time we see each other so love and, and, you know, so you're giving, getting your dab, the producers, everyone's, oh, great set. And so as I'm standing outside getting dab, Hugh and uh, Harris, like, uh, yo, we, uh, we got your bag, man. We got your things. And, and so, so you wouldn't have to. I was like, oh, man, I appreciate that. So fast forward, maybe that night, I think, I think Harris and I both probably were staying with Rich, Pierre-Louis. 
I just love saying the name. That's our, that's our, our, our Haitian brethren. Rich Pierre, Richard Pierre Louis. <laughs> so we're staying with Rich, and then I think I'm looking for, you know, my, my maybe my toothbrush to brush my teeth before I go to bed. And I'm like, I say, start panicking. I'm like, yo, yo, Harris, you said you grabbed all my stuff, right? He's like, yeah. I said, yo, um, I don't see my. I don't see my my uh, my Mexico shirt, son. I don't see the shirt that I had to look high and low for. You know what I went through to get this shirt, son? And he was like, oh, man. I said, and he apologized. But then I was being childish because I, I was pissed. I was, I was like, yo. And that's, that's, that's another, men do that. Like, well, people, men and women, we harp on it. Um... And my shirt was lost, son. I was I was vexed after going through all that. And uh, I think he gave me the money for it, and I I had to order it again. And but then by the time I ordered it, that was what it was. the The World Cup had long been over, so now I had to really search. And every 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 site I went to, they were like sold out. I guess because other people were like, "Oh, it has Africa's colors: green, black, and red." Um, Green for the land, black for the people, and red for the blood that was spilled. That's heavy, right, Mike? You never knew that. Nah, nah, nah. That's, that's... Yeah, it's real. That's real. Mike just says, is that real? Yeah, it's real. It's real, man. Um, so I got I got my new shirt, man. I was I was probably being petty. Harris has actually mentioned it recently. He was like, yeah, man, like that time. Hey, oh, that's what it was. Harris is saying uh, that after they, I guess... Square things away with with uh with with Walmart um from the from the car accident. He said he said yeah man and then I'm gonna finally get you that get you another shirt <laughs> that that you were crying about because <laughs> I lord left it at the uh at the studio. Um so yeah yeah all that to say New Yorkers we are full of ourselves but that's why people people come here. People come here because this is where you you make it work, man. Somebody asked me recently. They were like, "Yo, um, well, oh, that's what I was. Uh, I was at a club in Maryland. I was at Magoo Magoobies. I was at Magoobies in Timonium, Maryland. Um, yeah, yeah, that's a, that's a name. Those are some names. I had fun. Had fun down there. Uh, learned something this this uh when I was doing it. I learned that uh. That uh, and the owner was honest because I was frustrated because I normally that's one of the clubs that I know I might sell out. Actually, I won't say I might. Like I've done that club probably over the last four years. This this will be like the fourth time that I've done it. And and on a side note, Harris Harris is funny because he found out like a couple of weeks before I did it. He was like, "Oh, you doing Magoobies? He's like, "Yo, can I come?" I was like, son, I said, I would have, I would have gotten you on it, but he was torn with Tracy. And because he was torn with Tracy Morgan, he didn't have that particular weekend available. So they just had a had a local. Um, and then they obviously they had an accident and and, and so um yeah, he, he his his time is freed up a little. So um but I'm bringing him, I'm I'm bringing him to uh we're going we're actually 
at the end of uh, at the end of October, Halloween weekend, we're, we're going to. I didn't. I didn't lose. We're going. I just wanted to plug. We're going to uh, anyone that's in uh, Chicago. My boy Harris standing I is Harris's first time in Chicago. He's a. Uh, uh, that's one of the reasons I wanted to go. Wanted to bring him because he said, "Yeah, man, I ain't never been to Chicago." Um, so I said, you know, next time I go, I'm going to see if I can get him, get him on the show. And he was like, yeah, right before Patrice passed away, uh, we were supposed to go and then, but obviously he, he wound up in a coma. So that gig got canceled. And then I was supposed to go with Tracy, uh, this, uh, sometime this year, but that got canceled because of the accident. And so, hold up, when I was, when I called my agent say, yo, can you, uh, book, ha get Harris to feature for me? For a split second, I was like, "Shoot, I hope I hope Harris ain't a jinx. Don't jinx. I don't want to. I want to wind up getting getting some sort of harm because, because I uh, put Harris on the show. I'm just bested. No, I'm not. Um. So so I learned. So oh. So the lesson I learned, I really did forget what I was saying, Michael. Yeah, it wasn't sold out. So I learned the 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 owner of the club pulls me to the side and and I said, "Yeah, man." I said, "Did we cuz the last show was packed. The the out of the five shows we did, um like the first show on Thursday night, excuse me. They they do this sort of uh it's like they they have I think it's once a month or once every two weeks they have Thursday night is new talent night where they have people bring, they f bring family, loved ones, friends, and they get, you know, five to seven minutes. And then the headliner for the weekend closes the show. So that show is always going to be packed. But then the first time I went to this club, I think I was, I was probably 20 shy of selling out that show. And then I think I, had sold out um like one show on Friday or Saturday. So when it when it when he's paying me out, he's like, you know what? You sold out that show uh tonight and you came close the other night, so I'm gonna I'm gonna hit you with with a bonus. I was like, oh word, that's what's up. And I said and I told him, I said, you know what, I'll I'll always make sure I you you get respect because you don't have to uh hit hit me off like that. So uh, you know I appreciated that. And that's how it should be. So then, um, and, and it'd be nice. Every club, done, every club done done hit you with the bonus. Every so often, though, it, it sure is nice. Um, so he pulls me to the side when when he was paying me um uh, on on the final night this last time, and I said, "Yeah, did we sell out?" Look, I'm I'm like, "Do we sell out?" I mean, I get a bonus, I get some extra money, and he's like, he's like, "No, you know what?" And, and I'm gonna be honest, he's like, you know. It's summertime. School is starting. People are are going and spending time outside for the last bits that they can. So we've been. He and he said, numbers wise, they hadn't been doing all that well during the summer months. And he said, you know, and and you know, I know, you know, you guys look forward to selling out and possibly making some bonuses. He was like, but. Honestly, from business perspective, sometimes I have to bring in someone like yourself who I know is gonna, you know, do great numbers because that will that will at least give me a fighting chance to to offset the fact that a lot of people aren't gonna come out. And then he ran down a couple of people that had been there 
recently that hadn't really sold that well. And so, that, you know, that being said, I was like, all right, well, you know what? You can't really fight with that. You, but the, at the end of the conversation, you're like, hey, man, well, I'm, I'm glad you believe in me enough to, to bring me during the late months. But uh, bring me when, when it's cold out, too, so I could... Because uh, I just... There's a, there's, there's, a, there's a great feeling to walk into... like when, Usually, depending on what club and... Because and, some clubs will have the... Uh, some clubs will have the comedy club is right near the hotel... So you might like in the the Toledo Funny Bone, the the hotel is right across the street from um, from the club. This is literally less than I wouldn't even I was going to say a hundred steps, but it's it's maybe two hundred steps from from door to door. Uh, <clears throat> and then there are other clubs like this one where the club's in Timonium, but the 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 hotel is in. Towson, Maryland, you know, and they put you out there because it's attached to a mall. And so you have other things you can do. Whereas if they put you out in Timonium, really not as much to do out there. So uh, when you first walk into a club, you first enter, you might not get there as soon as the show starts. But if you walk in while the host is on and you can hear, you hear the laughter, you know the difference between it's packed, it's sold out, and all right, well, it's it's Thursday and it's, it's people have to work tomorrow, so you only had 50, 60 people come out. And I like, I look, man, I ain't gonna front. I like selling out. I like, I like selling out, even if there's no bonus um attached to it, which more often than not isn't, just because you're like, boom, that's 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 another packed crowd of people and I know if, if it's a 300 seat or if it's if it those three, 350 and 300 people are in there there are gonna be a, a gang of people in there that have never seen me before but are gonna leave there saying yo I'm gonna ch check you out I'm guaranteeing next time you're here I'm telling people and we come out cause you funny and that, that's that's a great feeling man there's no no better feeling well there are some better feelings don't you hate when people don't you hate when people say there's no better feeling ah! You, you, you ever you ever had a, a well, nah, that would have been nasty and my mother might hear this <laughs> yeah Vessi that's where Vessi is necessary oh, oh you mean uh, you, you, you never had a uh, uh, had 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 an ejaculation uh, without using your hands and, and it, it was sustained over the course of a minute you're like, like no Vessi no I haven't <laughs> Yo, make sure you uh in a in a in a pillow. <laughs> That's my dude, man. Bessie, come back. We miss you. I never thought I would say that. I never thought I would say that. We miss you, Bessie. We miss you and your dirty mind. Your dirty, dirty mind. Bessie gets gets grimy too, son. Bessie, that dude. That dude. Um, yeah, but make sure, I forgot to mention it, man. Make sure y'all, uh, check out Vessi's YouTube channel and check out his, uh, his, his sketch, uh, clips. They've been, uh, getting, uh, a lot of hits off of them. Um, you know what? And, uh, make sure you follow the podcast, man. Don't just listen, but subscribe. You can subscribe on iTunes or SoundCloud. Um, you always, uh, can hear us, uh, on all things comedy, our our comedy network. Oh, you know what I meant to say? Because I always big up 
you know, um, you know, like Billy Burr and uh, damn it, I keep saying I'm gonna I'm gonna say Bill one day, Billy, Bill, I'm gonna I'm gonna let you be a grown up. <laughs> I'm gonna let Billy Burr just be Bill Burr. It, it takes us takes a moment. So, uh, you know, Burr, I'll just say Burr, just like I said, Rock. And, and one day I'm gonna call Tony Rock just Rock, uh, and and then Chris can be Chris Rock, and you'll just be Rock, Tony. Uh, but um, I was listening to my man Brian <laughs> Brian Scalero has a has a podcast on uh, all, on all things comedy, and, and Brian is one of those comics. You know, this I guess I guess this could be considered a plug. Uh, but Scalero has a uh, has a really funny podcast called "This Is My Podcast." Actually, I the last one I listened to, um, he had Tony Rock as his guest, which is which is uh, which is just great timing. Comedy is all about children. Comedy is all about timing. But he had he had a uh, rock on it, and if you want to check out like a uh, uh, an unorthodox podcast, check out Brian Scalero's podcast, man, because this dude, he actually, he, he, he works on it, you know? Like, this is, for the most part, the, the hardest work in, in working on the Father Muckin Protocol really is, uh, is I guess, getting, getting everyone to, to come here and, and meet up and actually set up and record. The talking is easy, and Hopefully we we give y'all something that you enjoy hearing. Hopefully I give you some tidbits or some some further mucking protocol that you were unaware of. Maybe if you're a new comic, you might have just learned something about about uh you know New York City or the comedy scene or what have you. Um, but it's it's really it's, it's me yapping with with friends of mine or me yapping solo. Whereas Brian Scalero, this dude actually he has sketches. He has commercial. He he his his is like a real talk show man. Like he 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 has sketches. He has a monologue. <laughs> he does the interview, and then he has commercials that that he's made up. You know, but it's 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 brilliant, man, and and, and it's funny. And I get also I'm a friend, so I I guess I'm just sort of mar I listen marveling at the fact that he really took the time to give y'all. A uh, a fun podcast, man. So so check his joint out. I'm hoping you know what I my 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 on my top of my list right now. I wanna um wanna get because you know you want to interview people, and I think as evidenced from the the Father Muck and Hugh Moore episodes, um and all, all everyone else, you know Big J, Mark Theobald, Calvin Fowler, Harris. I've interviewed friends, but I've also interviewed friends that I may have never asked them questions about their origin, you know. And they, to me, the origin story is always the fun part. Like, if any anytime you go to a, uh, uh, um, a superhero movie, whether it's Spider-Man, whether it's Man of Steel, the to me, the best part of those, those movies is when someone discovers their power and they're they're sort of training um, to learn how to utilize their powers, and it's all is. But Mike just said that's yeah, it is all that is always in it. But you know why it's always in it because there's 
there's something fun and exciting about watching someone learn and develop their their powers and and how whether you're going to use them for good or for evil. Like you watch Star Wars the 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 prequel and you get to see the creation of Darth Vader and how I mean and and people will argue that they rushed in in uh in uh was it Revenge of the Sith? Uh, um, a lot of people will argue. Well, geez, uh. Anakin's Anakin's transition to the dark side happened very quickly. You know, this for all the Star Wars has. I apologize to those of you that don't uh, dig the whole Star Wars universe and use the Force. Uh, bear with me. I, I I won't stay on this long. But yeah, there's a lot of people were were really annoyed that uh, that well he. I think people want Mike just asked because Mike and I are both Star Wars heads. Um, Mike's going so far as to he he he's he's going online and texts me a bunch of times about the uh, the the storyline, uh, and and we both agree that it might be a pump fake by J.J. Abrams to make people think this is the story and they're actually going with a different story, but. You, Mike's, Mike said there's actually a full 200-page script that's online that people can read. You read the first 10 pages and said it's actually within the, the, the Star Wars universe that this story is believable and sounds like it, it could be a continuation of what's over, of uh, episode six, which was uh, 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 The Return of the Jedi, just taking place some, some years later. I won't go to look like you. Mike sent me a bunch of links, and I I won't go to them. I I went to one that was in the Entertainment Weekly, but I I didn't read it all because I don't. I I just I want surprise, man. I'm excited, and it's coming next year. Uh so so yeah. A lot of people, a lot of Star Wars junkies, I I know were were disappointed. Not at not so much that Anakin be game. Darth Vader, but that Anakin became Darth Vader so quickly, like in that fi- in the final episode of the the trilogy of the prequel in in Sith, he everything was all good, and then after Padme thought she was he thought she was dead. Suddenly, this dude, <laughs> you ever had some good booty and it made you lose your mind? Like I was like, damn, what force did she put on him? She had the grippers, and, and so yo, this dude. I mean, he remember he he went into remember he went to the uh, what like the Jedi Academy with all the little kids, and and he walked in and uh, and uh, and there was a little kid, a, a young Jedi that turned around, and he's like, and he looked at him like, hey, what's, hey, what's up, uh, Anakin? And then he turned on his lightsaber, and the kid was like, well, yo, yo, son, slow your roll. You know, so um, but you can't please everyone. But you dug, you dug watching, even if it, even though it was short, you dug watching him just really transition to evil. You know, you dug watching Luke Skywalker in Empire Strikes Back. You saw hints of him training on the Millennium Falcon with with the uh, blast shield over his eyes. Uh, I never understood what that helmet was for because you couldn't see out of it. So. So that, but, but that shit, no, but here's the thing. That helmet was on the Millennium Falcon already. Why did Han Solo have a helmet 
with a with a, like a visor goggles that you couldn't see through. What was the point of that? He didn't believe in the force. See, see, like this is how much of a Star Wars head I am, man. I used to think that. I was like, well, why do they have a she- have a helmet and you can't see out of it? And where did Obi Wan have this little this flying balls to help you? <laughs> he didn't bring any luggage. They escaped from uh, from Tatooine. They, they didn't bring a Louis Vuitton bag filled with, oh, here's some trinkets that I'll bring along just in case I, I might need to train a, a, a new young Padawan. And just think. So, so you loved watching Luke Skywalker in Empire Strikes Back. He learned how to u- utilize them. He was first learning how to u- use the force, Luke. And... and uh, and doubt his powers instead of just becoming one with the force and letting his his metachlorian what are they metachlorian uh flow through him which which uh you know uh, Seth MacFarlane had a funny take on him he was like well he has germs <laughs> he has germs <laughs> they don't help you with the force you you have Ebola <laughs> so. So uh, yeah, there's the and and as a head that grew up on kung fu movies, those were always the best parts of the kung fu movies. A, a dude, a dude would uh, he his family would get uh, killed, or his brother or his father, and they'd have to avenge his brother's death, or I have to avenge my father's death. The master, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, I do. I do remember the master, and you would uh. You always, you always about the training. That's why even Kung Fu, the the old David Carradine uh, show, they always had the flashbacks because I think that's that's always a great way to. Uh, it's, it's great, you know. It's 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 a cliched statement, but in order to uh, you you must understand your past in order to uh, trudge towards your future. You know, I know I messed that up, but you know I didn't write it. <laughs> And so those kung fu movies, like uh, Gordon Liu, he played he played in Master Killer and Return to the Thirty Six Chambers. Actually, Quentin Tarantino leaned on him as a nod to him. He 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 had him in uh, in Kill Bill Volumes One and Two. He he was one of uh, the Crazy Eighty Eights, and then he was also a uh, her 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 Sifu that uh, uh, trained trained Uma Thurman's uh, character. And I like that because for any kung fu heads that grew up on Shaw Brothers kung fu movies, uh, geez, I just had a flash. I used to love those movies. Come on. You always knew it was a Shaw Brothers production, too, because it started with that. It was on Channel 5 in New York City. And then, then you know what? USA Network used to... You, USA used to have all the movies that weren't Shaw Brothers kung fu movies, right? So, uh, Channel 5 in New York City, uh, which is now Fox 5, but I think it was back then it was WNEW or WNYW. Uh, don't it, I don't know why I know this. That shows that I watched far too much TV, which makes it really hard to discipline your kids. When when they watch as much TV, you're like, well, the apple doesn't fall far from the tree. Um, but they showed the the good movies used to come on Channel Five, and then you'd get all the other kung fu movies on uh, on USA late at night. 
you know, and but and they weren't as good. You could always the production. It's not that the production value on the on the um, Channel Five Shaw Brothers movies was that much better, but it was visibly better than what was coming on late night. You know, <laughs> uh, at least we thought so back then. You know, when you kids, you twelve, thirteen years old, watching like, oh no, you can see the string. He ain't flying. <laughs> um, yeah, man. So so to me. Those training scenes, like when 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 Gordon Liu was in a uh, thirty six chambers, and you see him jumping up on the pole and falling down, and he's busting his leg, or, or he he's walking with the with the bow staff. No, no, he's walking with two buckets, and the buckets have have uh have knives on the bottom of them. So, but he has to keep his arms up because if his arms go down, the knives will dig into his sides. So he he learns to to fight through. And it was it was also metaphoric. You, you, you must learn to fight through the pain to strengthen one's mind. Omitofo. Shout out to Shaolin, USA Shaolin Temple. I miss it. Used to train there. Uh yeah, man. So so uh you would watch him train, and then when he finally fought whoever killed his brother, I must avenge my brother's death. When he'd finally fight, it was, it was always, they would fight some old dude with white hair that would stroke his beard. And the dude always had like one main move. Just like you would learn, like when they, when they were in uh, Shaolin Temple, they would learn, I hear, I, um, you have not yet learned sand palm. And they'd have to do something where they just hit their hand in, into this hot sand to toughen their hand, and then eventually they they didn't know they learned the sand palm, uh, but but the 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 master that killed his brother learned the sand palm, and he but he tr so so when he goes to fight the master, the master hits him with the sand palm, but his body is, is impenetrable. So and then he's shocked, and he as he hit him, the master gets knocked back, and you hear. <laughs> they had really bad sound effects too, but they were dope when, when we were kids. I'm a, now I gotta go watch like Five Fingers of Death just to just yeah I got a bunch of them uh, yeah uh, and uh, and and then he would hit dude with the sand palm and dude would die he was like you learned the sand palm technique and always a trickle of blood would squirt out of the corner of their mouth <laughs> very impressive and then they lay on their back and arch their back and then they die that's how they die. So that's what we all miss. But now movies are very happy, so you can't die. They can't have someone die. But they will show them train. And so that's what, uh, that's what I like about all of, all of those movies. And that's what I hope you guys get off of this. I, you know, I give you some of my, uh, my, 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 my history. I give you my history when I... Yeah, one day, Mike just said, I gotta see that video. One day, I always, my dream, my reality, that's... You don't call their dreams that I'm making reality. We're, li we're living a dream right now, y'all. Uh, my my goal is to one day release like my my first, or maybe my I'll do it on the second because the first one you do your first special, first HBO special, right? And then you do uh you do a theatrical joint where where you release because that's that's how I said you know what? Okay, I gotta Eddie Murphy has the highest grossing concert film. Of of all time with with Raw, with Raw, uh, Kings of Comedy came close. Yeah, that's there. There there've only been a handful of 
stand-up comedy specials that were theatrically released. I know Kings of Comedy, obviously Eddie Murphy Raw, Kev's uh uh Kev's uh, Let Me Explain, and um and I think his he just did two, did he do two in the theater or one? Yeah, one came out last year, and uh, yeah, and, and I think his joint actually broke some records. But I, I remember seeing Eddie Murphy. <laughs> I was like, Eddie Murphy had this funny interviews because someone, it, it was a, it was like a black journalist said, now, now I understand that, uh, that, uh, laugh at Kevin Hart's laugh at my pain, uh, just, uh, or let me explain one of them, just, uh, knocked out Raws and I'm he was the Eddie was like, uh, knocked, knocked out who? Kevin? He's like, they didn't, they didn't knock it out. They, they had like high numbers and here's what's funny. Then they, they Eddie, Eddie, that's because it's like, yeah, he didn't get, he didn't get pissed, but you could tell he was like, he was like, he was like, it was almost like he was like, word, yeah, that's what y'all saying. He was like, uh, why don't they, why don't they go check the records, Kevin? <laughs> he was like, why don't y'all go check the records and and do the real man? I know, I know what numbers y'all did and what and what Raw still stands historically as as the highest grossing concert film of all time, Kevin. <laughs> you know, so. But that was, but that's what comics do. We bust Charles bust balls. I thought it was, thought it was cute and it was funny. Um, so that's my goal. I said, you know, one day I'll, uh, as a DVD bonus, I'll include my first set, uh, on on the DVD because that'll make sure people buy the joint. You know what I mean? That's how van- people don't realize Vanilla Ice's uh first album sold really well. This this shows my thought process. I'm gonna show y'all how I got here. Uh. Because I'm thinking about how do you how do you sell how do you how do you, how do you go for commerce how do you make sure people want to own the uh, the joint so you got to have something special so Vanilla Ice the reason Vanilla Ice I think he might have gone he might have gone diamond and sold 10 million albums back then I could be wrong but I know he sold them uh, a gang of them and obviously it was all it also had to do with well he's a white guy. And he's, you know, he's he's uh, rapping, and and it's safe, and the middle middle America can buy it, and in the same way I said uh, earlier that uh, Mike and I were talking that um, you see more black uh, tennis players and more black golfers, and I know a lot of comics that play golf. My man Jay Phillips, big up Jay Phillips and uh, Red Grant, because I know when they go on the road, they they golf. But if you rewind, I'm gonna say ten years. 10, 15 years, 20 years ago, no, none of us was thinking about golf. Nobody think about, hey, you know what, I'm, I'm going to go stand in the sun and, and, and hit a little white ball on, with no trees to shade us, you know. <laughs> no, thank you. I'll play it on PlayStation. Um, yeah, man, so, so, so Vanilla Ice, they didn't, no, he said they put code. No, they didn't release Ice Ice Baby as a single. This is before the internet, so in order to get the song, you had to buy the entire album. Um, I think "Coolest Ice." That's word to your mother, and and it was back then. That was a brilliant uh, idea. Speaking of Shug Knight, um, <laughs> didn't Shug manage Vanilla Ice or something years ago, and then he dangled him out of a, a window or something crazy? He owed him money and. Uh, and Shug, uh, Shug dangled him out of a window. So I'm not so I'm not saying that uh, 
that somebody, I ain't saying somebody should have shot at Suge Knight, but I'm just saying. And and I hope by the time this comes out, the dude is uh is better. But you know, you if if you do enough dirt, you create enough enemies. Somebody eventually, there's, I always feel like there's always, at some point, somebody's going to be bigger, stronger. You might be the big dude on the block, but there's going to come a time where you calm down and you're older and you don't move as fast. And you're not, I'm dead serious, man. I remember when I was a kid, I used to, my brother used to beat me up. I was like, one day I'm going to be bigger than him. He's still bigger than me, but eventually he's going to get older and, 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 He's going to have more gray hairs and not be as fast, and I'm going to be able to leg swoop him quicker than he'll leg swoop me, you know? <laughs> Six is going to be in a wheelchair in 80 and get shot again. He's like, y'all still can't take me out. Comics don't shoot each other. We, 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 we beef. We fight. Uh, but, but ain't nobody... Well, nobody's really shooting. And they're like, you know... Yeah, nobody's like even rappers. Like when I hear about rappers getting caught with the gun, they have security. Let them hold the gun. Why are you carrying the gun? I know you say, "Well, I'm from the streets." You don't know. Even if you are from the streets, have somebody there that has some common sense. Hey, man, let me hold the gun. If if you go to jail, we all out of work. You know. But that's that's just that's just me. Ah, oh, see, look, I just got the. Uh, the, the the deal memo for uh, Chicago Improv. So just to clarify for those that don't, if you don't know, now you will. Uh, I will be at the uh, Chicago Improv, which is actually in Schaumburg, Illinois, which is another way of saying all your friends that live in Chicago, Chicago probably ain't coming. Because <laughs> Chicago traffic is the worst, son. Chicago traffic. I, if you think New York is bad, you think L.A. is bad, deal with Chicago. Everyone coming in because it's sort of where it's located. Everyone's coming in from a different direction trying to get into the city. So uh, we will be out there October, uh, just to double check. I guess, yeah, we'll fly out on Wednesday the 29th. So we have shows uh, October, 20, October 30th. Uh, through Sunday, November 2nd. Um, yeah. Yeah, October 30th through Sunday, November 2nd. Then, so we're doing four nights. So, uh, yeah, Harris and I. And then they'll have a host. Hopefully, maybe they'll have my boy, uh, Davey Boy Hellum, who took the boy off his name. So now it's just Dave Hellum. I, I'm going to take credit for that, even if he didn't do it for me. But it was... Go- See how we came full circle? I was talking about people with funky names. And at the end of the... At the end of... The weekend last time I was out there, I think that was right before Christmas in 2013. Uh, Dave, Davey Boy Helm and I had both uh, been talking. We had gotten cool, and then uh, I said to him, "I said, I said, yo, I said, um, how come you go by Dave?" That was just curious, actually. I'm always curious about what makes a com- comic tick. And I said, "Yo, I said, why do you go by Davey Boy?" And I, I think he just was like, oh, it's just, you know, fly stage name. I said, why don't you just go by Dave? I said, I said so, so that these clubs will take you seriously because right now they're looking at you like, oh, it's a black comic with a, with a, with a, a catchy name. I said, you want them to respect you? Just, just call yourself Dave Hell, man. Uh, well, Diddy's Diddy because he's a rep. Well, 
he's a he's a I still call him I saw I still well here's the thing with I feel like rappers are slightly different than than comedians with 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 rappers no matter how real someone keeps it I always at least back in the day I always did prefer a rapper with a with some sort of name cuz that was also part of the culture you you know like back back in the days you would add a ski to the end of your name yo there goes there goes Mike Ski Mike Ski love you know, you know what I mean and uh Big Mike you know you always have a name to go with the persona because your 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 performer persona is bigger than you like Snoop Yes, Snoop could have come out as Calvin brought us, but nah, he was Snoop D-O-double-G-Y, you know? And now he's Snoop Lion, you know, so you go through the transition. LL Cool J was, was Ladies Love Cool James. LL stood for Ladies Love, like the... LL, look, Mike never knew that. Some people out there may, may not have known that, but LL always said Ladies... LL stood for Ladies Love and Jay is because his name is James Todd Smith. So it was Ladies Love Cool James. And he had, I'm the ladies love legend in leather, long and lean, and I don't wear pleather. Last of the red hot loving MCs, looking for a little, that's my theory. So it's click like lightning, too exciting. Lover and I don't remember the rest of it, but he had, he, he broke down his name. And now you know what LL means. <laughs> I'm surprised. It's funny what you still remember years later. Uh, you know, like the first rapper I can think of that had his own name was Eric Sermon from EPMD. And that all, and it, I remember when he first came out, I remember saying, why do you, why you call his name Eric? <laughs> like it was jarring because everyone up until that point had some kind of real name. Even Chuck D was not, you didn't call him Chuck Reidenhauer, he was Chuck D. You know, William was was Flavor Flav. You know, uh, Rakim, because everyone wasn't familiar with, uh, you know, uh, I guess Arabic names and, and uh, you know, the, the, the 5% of religion and, and, um, and uh, damn, what am I trying to say? Uh, uh, well, it, yeah, he was. He, I guess he was. Uh, was he five percent or was he was he Muslim? No, I think he was a five percenter. So, uh, um, yeah. So all these cats, Big Daddy Kane. You know, even if because so if you had your name, you always put something around it to dress it up nicely. You know, you couldn't just couldn't just like uh, my my name back in the day. I had I had the oh yeah yeah. I don't, I don't know if I'm gonna disclose. I remember ha ha. I we went we went by uh my first my first rapper's name was Corny. I think it was called D hyphen D hyphen light. So it was Delight. You know what I mean? It, oh back then, this is this is before this is before the group Delight was a De Grovey, De Groving. So I was D Light and my 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 boy was Dizzy D. That was my partner who first started rapping. Um, oh yeah, and you know where the D-Light came from? Because at one point I was like, maybe I'll call, call myself, uh, oh, because I was a beatbox first. So so I didn't rap really, I just had, was beatboxing. So I went by D-Light and then uh, D-Nice, both of us were called D-Nice. And then years later, oh, and then with the beatboxing, at one point I was, is 
Hey, man, y'all could clown me, but it was during the era, okay? Before y'all have your little your little funny uh, comments on, 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 on online, on Twitter, before you twat me and say, yo, what was up with that name, son? But I used to go by Bass Blaster D. <laughs> bass, bass Blaster D, because I was a beatbox. And and uh and back then, because it was all you had to be original and have some sort of original style. So I remember I used to I used to beatbox and 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 say I'm echo boxing. So I was like, uh uh damn, I can't. Like and I would I would do this with my like my hand all over my mouth so that it sounded like I was echoing. But it was like, you know, back then it was it was Part of just pushing the culture forward, man. I ain't know any better. And then, uh, yeah, middle name's Omar. Middle name's Omar. But uh, on government, government is is David, but we changed it to Omar. My mother just never paid to have it changed, but I've been Dean Omar Edwards since I was a kid. Uh, and so, yeah, so boom. So, <laughs> so then I finally, uh, I don't even know how I wound, wound up on... Uh, on Doe Major, like my initials, D oh, that's funny you said, Doe, that's, the, my initials were D-O-E, so it was Doe, and then I, I, I got into this whole weird thing, not even weird, but I started uh, getting into psychology and, and the id, ego, and super ego, so I, yeah, so I named my, my, uh, my id matrix, this is back in the late 80s, so, so peeps, so when, when the movie, when the movie, the, you know what it was, where it came from, I remember, Optimus Prime on an episode of Transformers, he said, my equilibrium, uh, no, no, not Optimus, I think uh, Megatron. He was like, and the equilibrium in my matrix is off Starscream. And so I was like, yo, that sounds futuristic. So when I got into all that, I was like, all right, I'm going to name my id when, I, when, I'm, when I'm doing bad, that's, that's, that's Matrix, you know? And uh, so then over time, I just started going by Doe, do, Matrix and sometimes dose a play on the words. I was like, I always said, well, God is number one, so I'll, I'll be number two and be happy at number two since God is number one. I was like, uh, so it's dose, dose, D A, and then Matrix, dose the Matrix, and uh, and that's and that's even part of yeah, and that's a, that was always part of my uh my email address until someone said, well, you know, you can just have your name as your <laughs> as your email address, right? Um, yeah, man. So, so, uh, those, the matrix, uh, it was, and, and, uh, and there you have my origin story of becoming a, a rapper. Um, and that's not to say like Eric Sermon, once you got cool and into EPMD with I shot the sheriff and, uh, what was it first? I shot the sheriff and you got to chill, chill. Boom. Uh, once you got into those songs, you didn't care what his name was because they were dope, you know? They were fresh. <laughs> they were for, the, for the era, they were fresh. And then they were fat. We went from fresh to dope to fat. It's funny because dope still stuck. Fat kind of moved on. People people moved on from, from fat. Old school terms that came back like tough. I hear every so often someone's, yo, that's tough. Tough, tough sort of had a resurgence. Uh, um, so yeah, if, I mean, and now, now you can just be who you are. Like, uh, Kendrick Lamar is one of the hottest rappers to come out in a long time. He's just, he's like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna just use my name. I'm gonna just use my name, Kendrick. 
Same thing with Nas. Like Nas is Nasir Jones. But once again, it was it was a um an Arabic name. And so when he just broke it down to Nas, it still sounded like some superhero type. You know what I mean? It, it didn't... Uh, Tupac is really Tupac's name. You know, Tupac Shakur. But when Tupac... is a dope name. Like, some dudes have dope names. Like, I always, to this day, there's a comic... Big up my man, Jameek. Jameek goes by the name J.P. Justice. But Jameek's uh, real name, I don't think he minds me saying it because... Everyone coming up at a certain era knew his name was Jameek. His name was Jameek Straker. I was like, son, you sound like a superhero. That's a dope name. But I think he, I think Jameek fell into here, I need a stage name. And so he went with JP. I still, I still call him Jameek. Which, which goes to show, like once when, remember in, in, uh, in Harlem Nights, not Harlem Nights, uh, um, shoot, I'm bugging. Coming to America. Is mama naming Clay? I'm going to call him Clay. You know, he, he became Muhammad Ali, but there's still dudes. That's Cassius Clay. He's a beautiful young man, colored with the good hair. I think I've yapped long enough, man. I think I have. What say you all? Yeah, I think I think we've we've gone. Uh, <laughs> we've gone long enough. Oh, and you know what? I meant to correct. Uh, I'm bugging. Uh, I, I, I don't know if I said this on last week's episode or if I was just talking to someone, but I spoke out of ignorance that I said the ALS challenge was for Alzheimer's, but it was for Lou Gehrig's disease. Yeah. Did I say it was for, I thought I said it was for, I could be wrong. I'll have to check uh, the episode, but I, I could have sworn, may, I might have just been talking to someone, but I feel like I said to someone recently Oh, yeah, the ALS bucket challenge, that's for Alzheimer's disease because I just saw the AL. I did say it on the podcast, Mike confirms. Okay, okay. No, so I, 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 I uh, said it incorrectly, and just to correct my, my ignorance, it was for Lou Gehrig's uh, disease. So um, um, ALS. Yeah, and, and MS and slural. Yeah, so... So yeah, so you know, there you even even I can make a father mucky mistake, people. I can make I can make a Mickey Ficky error every so often. It happens. I ain't perfect, baby. Yeah, but what are that halfway up my ass, but other than that, I'm perfect. I big up anybody that can tell me what that movie's from. Well, my nuts is halfway up my ass, but other than that, I'm perfect. <laughs> you if you tell me you uh click on, I'll make sure I give you a shout out. On the on the next episode, um, so as always, man, thanks for uh, riding with us, man. Riding with us not just for this episode, but for every episode, man. We 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 uh, keep increasing the numbers, keep getting better, and as always, I got love for my fams, for my father mucking fams. Y'all know I call it, y'all y'all are all F A M as in married because y'all family to me. You know I appreciate the love. Uh, that's that's you know what I prefer, I call people I always call people fam. Um, if if we cool if we're cool then then you family right there. And so anybody that's that's riding and listening with with positive intention is fam right there. So, you know, and because I, I don't like using the word fan f a n as in Nancy because the the that's that's a uh, that's slang for fanatic, and and. It's true. So so when people say, yeah, you know, I love my fans, I'm like, well, you love somebody's crazy in those fans. 
but I invite people in, and, you know, and that's why I say if you come to me with positivity, I got positive energy back back for you, and and, and I call you fa family, you know what I mean? Um, because we're all part of the greater family, the family and kingdom of God, and one one nation under the Father Market Groove, baby. This is uh, Dean Edwards. Uh, follow me on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, at I am Dean Edwards. I've been, oh, son, you know what? I never got a chance to mention this dude cartoonized me. I did a show in, um, I did a show. I've, I've, every, everyone that listens knows that I, 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 uh, I go to the Middle East. I haven't been there in a while. I, I look forward to going back. Um, but I have, I have a good, uh, amount of fam, <laughs> In in uh in the Middle East in Qatar and uh, especially Dubai, I got love for my people out there in Dubai. Uh, uh, Ali and Mina and Alexa, um, and uh, got my people in in KSA Kingdom of Saudi Arabia. Prince Khaled, uh, Prince. <laughs> I'm I'm actually just because I you had to when I went over you had to memorize his his name. I'm a, a guest of his honorable. Prince Khalid bin Mansour and uh, and Fat Cairo <laughs> and uh, big up all my friends named Muhammad <laughs> over there, which is everybody that follows me, uh, and, and Aman and Jordan and, and uh, Tar and, and Egypt, just all, all my people over there, man. And so, uh, <clears throat> I you know what 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 bugs me? I hate when I lose track of where I was going with it, but I'm saying someone big me up. Uh, and uh, Prince Khalid, he he has a company, Luxury Events, and they actually, you know what? Uh, they just brought over um, a couple of months ago the Wayans Brothers, which I'm I'm gonna take. I ain't gonna take credit for, but I gave them the intro. He he said they wanted to bring over the Wayans Brothers. He's like, do you know the Wayans Brothers? I said no, but uh, I'm I'm tight with uh, my man Will Sylvans that travels with them. So gave him Will's uh, info and sent them the the invitation and next thing you know I think it took maybe a year and got them over and I know that was probably one of the biggest shows I saw pictures from and the shows looked amazing and it looks like they everyone had a great time and so I'm happy to, that I could have been part of helping uh, facilitate that so they have a they have a new I guess a, a TV and film studio called uh, Luxury look I'm looking it up so that I I can plug them uh, properly. <laughs> uh, Luxury Studios TV. So they hit me on Instagram recently. I guess one of the, I'm I'm guessing that one of the guys that probably works in their graphic arts department um, did this picture of me from this show I did, Comics Without Borders, uh, hosted by my man Russell Peters. So here here's here's the picture. I'm showing Mike right now. <laughs> You hear the laugh? <laughs> I hope I hope y'all can hear, Mike. Oh my Mike, God! Yeah, describe, I think this, describe yo, what you see. this is this, this should be a cartoon. Yeah, no, <laughs> like man. a real. You gotta check this out. Go on. Where's the sun? Uh, y'all can go on if you go on my uh, my Instagram or Twitter. If you don't follow me, um, go on my my Instagram and or my Twitter, and I. Uh, it's 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 I love because it's it's a cartoon with a slight caricature. The microphone is small. He gave me a big chin, but here's what's funny. Uh, probably 
Because I follow a couple of dudes on, on Instagram that, that are artists. I, I just love sometimes, instead of the people putting up pictures of someone twerking or, or you know, your friends promoting their shows, I, I've seen a couple of artists that I dig their work because they they do these caricatures and they have their own sort of, uh, you know, modern spin on animation. And, uh, and so I just, I saw, I think... Maybe like Chris Brown, this this one guy he he had done like a you know cartoon a cartoon or animated picture of Chris Brown and Buster Rhymes and French Montana. I was like, damn man, that's when I know that I that I made it. Yeah, and and obviously that's all relative. I mean, you, I feel like you make it based on what goals. Excuse me, you set. So you're already there are different levels of success. And I'm saying that because I don't want people to say like. Oh, well, you made it already, man. You're doing your thing. Because I know I am. And I, and I appreciate anyone that has that sentiment or has ever said something like that to me. But I also, I was I was using it sort of saying, man, I, that's just something that I feel like I always wanted to have someone cartoonize me. So, yeah. So, so, uh, so my man, uh, Davin, uh, I think his name is Davin Simidu. Davin Simidu. David Samidu at D A V I N C I M E E D O O is his name. Follow him on uh, Instagram, man, because he 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 cartoonized me. Look, Mike is looking at it again. <laughs> he he gave me this squinty eyes, and you know what's funny? I could tell, I could tell that uh, like, and my sister saw, it and she was like, "Yeah, it looks like you about to do Denzel." And sure enough, dude, actually, um, he hit me back. Cause I said, yo, you, you you definitely need to check dude out, and and uh, I said I said thanks to Luxury Events for posting it, and uh, you know, big up to to your artist, and then dude hit me back and he said, uh, look, he said, I am Dean Edwards. This one is inspired by the first time I I saw you impersonate Denzel Washington, and so I was like, oh, and and you know what I can see. That I just said, Tina, come here, Tina, you, you, all, you know what I mean? And so, that, you know, that was just uh, something I wanted to share with with uh, with everybody that uh, I saw. He's, I mean, no, no, this, no, this dude, this, that's a real, real drawing. But check out this picture he did. Yeah, go to his page. Like I said, David Semido, he did this picture of uh, Robin Williams. Uh, he blended the genie from Aladdin with Robin Williams' actual face. And yeah, man, it's uh huh? Yeah, of course. He he did this, uh he did that picture. You've seen this? Son, that's 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 I think that's his picture. Yes. That's crazy. Mike Mike just said that he's actually seen this picture in the news. So so uh David Samidu. You're doing your thing and and you've lit up the, the and he has like um, almost 500 likes on that picture, so that's good. I'm I'm sure people reposted it and whatnot. And I like seeing when that happens when people uh, respond to somebody's uh, talent like that. So so luxury events TV. Uh, let's let's do this cartoon, man. I'm I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> uh, yo, so uh, it's your man. Big Dean Edwards, Big Mike is always good looking out from the sound, son, and um. Y'all, we'll catch y'all next week. As always, like I said, comment and let us know what you think. Uh, uh, on uh, not just on Twitter and Instagram, but also on uh, on iTunes. 
uh, SoundCloud and all things comedy, man. Big up, uh, Paisy, two fingers, man.